I'm Dale Denwald. And I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. With an 8-to-1 vote this week, the Oklahoma City Council promised to implement dozens of recommended reforms in the city police department. City government reporter Jana Hayes joins us this week to talk about a city council vote that garnered quite a bit of interest. The council formally accepted 39 recommendations from its police reform consultant, 21CP Solutions. That's a law enforcement consulting firm based in Chicago. So Jana, on first glance, this seems like a simple step in a very long process, but a lot of people were watching this vote closely. So why did it get so much attention? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, So you're completely right. Um, This was a vote just to receive the report and these recommendations. Um, It was not a vote to approve any of the changes, but it was a very big deal to a lot of people in the community because of what it took to get to this place and to this vote. This process started almost two years ago with a list of demands. Now, The demands come so that there are no added names to the list of stolen lives. So if we back up a little bit, um, I'll just give you guys some of the background to um, how we got here. So back in May of 2020, we all know uh, protests were happening across the country after the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd. And uh, those protests... um, took place here as well. And there was a weekend where um, some things got violent. Uh, A few dozen protesters were arrested. And the next Monday, there was a list of demands given to the city. I believe it was was by the Black Lives Matter um, president, uh, T. Cherie Dickerson. And some of those were things like wanting police chief Wade Gorley to resign, asking for apologies from Gorley and Mayor David Holt for the way protesters were treated. Others were specific records uh, releases from certain arrests. And then there were things like creating an independent complaint review board for police, officer training that included cultural sensitivity, training on how to deal with those who have mental health issues. And so out of that came a couple things. So city council person James Cooper, who represents Ward 2, in June of 2020 came up with a list of six police reform focuses for a group to study and then bring recommendations to the city council. And um, that was approved by the city council. And then in July of 2020, Mayor Holt announced a law enforcement policy task force. Essentially, these two groups, they had separate monthly meetings, but they did share some members in common and they worked together to put forward hiring 21CP Solutions as their consultant. 21CP was hired and worked with the groups from January of 2021 to November, and that's when the list of recommendations was finalized. 21CP was paid nearly $200,000 for their work. Really, this report is 16 months of work from community members um, who volunteered their time. It was a small step, but an important one for a lot of people. 
So this report includes a lengthy list of 39 recommendations. What do you think would be the biggest or the most noticeable changes that people might see? Yeah, so um, the list is long and the report itself is 85 pages. Um, But what I think is important to note is it's not 39 recommendations that have, you know, nothing to do with each other. They fall into eight categories. So as far as the biggest or most noticeable changes, what I heard from activists yesterday is that the changes they're most looking forward to um, are increased accountability and transparency from the police department to the public. Several of these recommendations are just wanting to change how the the Citizens Advisory Board um, works and just making it more open to the public. And so just getting some more of that transparency. The other really big thing is that a lot of people are interested in and that I know a lot of people are going to be following this process is the idea of having an alternative response to calls where someone's in a mental health crisis. And so one of the recommendations is for the city to put out a request for information um, to see what you know capacity different community groups might have to sort of take on that alternative response or You know, I guess it would also show them if they need to start something completely new. And the city does right now have set aside $300,000 to fund, they call it like a pilot program of this alternative response. But right now we really, we really don't know what's going to come of it until they put out the RFI. I guess the other two recommendations that stand out to me have to do with interviewing officers involved in shootings or critical use of force incidents. Right now, when an officer or officers, you know, are involved in a shooting or use of force, you know, they are interviewed about it because a lot of times this results in lawsuits and things like that. And they have to, you know, see if the use of force was justified. Right now, they have to wait at least 48 hours before interviewing the officer. And they also show them the body cam footage of what happened before they do their interview. So 21CP is saying that officers should not be seeing the video evidence before giving their interview. And so then also the other recommendation is to interview those officers at the end of their shift after the event happens rather than waiting the 48 hours. So I do know from a conversation with police department um, public information officer Valerie Littlejohn. Sometimes it's even days after that 48 hours. Um, It can depend on when the officer gets a lawyer. So really the recommendation is just to eliminate that waiting period and when possible interview them at the end of that shift while keeping in mind the mental state that the officer is in. What did the Oklahoma City Police Department and the police union think about these reforms? Police Chief Wade Gorley said at an August press conference that he supported the recommendations. He hasn't really said anything publicly since then, but he was present at Tuesday's meeting with some of his command staff to show their support for the recommendations. You know, I've been told multiple times from the city manager's office that police of chief supports this, wants to, you know, 
make changes for the better. Also, Chief Gorley and the Fraternal Order of Police President Mark Nelson were part of the task force. Um, So they were involved in the conversations that um, led up to these recommendations being formed. And Tuesday, um, Mark Nelson spoke. He signed up as a citizen to be heard during the public hearing about the recommendations. And he said that overall, the FOP supports the 21CP recommendations. He did say that a lot of them are things that the union doesn't really have a say in anyway. We're not opposed to what 21CP recommended in its entire format. We can easily recognize the value of, I would say, the overwhelming majority. Of course, we've looked at all 39 recommendations, and we probably have little input uh, or place to have input on most of them. The two recommendations that have to do with interviewing officers after um, shootings or critical incidents, right now, they are not supportive of those. Um, their stance is essentially that that um, things should stay the way they are. But I think right now, the FOP, and I suspect Chief Gorley are waiting to see what the details are going to look like for each recommendation as the recommendations are taken and looked at and figure out, you know, what they'll actually look like here in Oklahoma City. Specific things could come up that the chief doesn't support or the FOP doesn't support, and they may, you know, bring that up at that time. So in an instance like that, does the city council have to adopt the recommendations exactly as 21CP presented them, or can the city make changes? I think a lot of people don't fully understand, you know, how this works. And right now, the recommendations vary on how specific they are. You know, in 21CP's report, some of them get a lot more pages worth of explanation and detail and research than others. But... Essentially, they all are somewhat vague as far as, you know, specific policies that would need to be enacted to make this change. The city manager's office um, has the ability and I would even say um, the freedom to take the recommendations, figure out, you know, the specifics based on what is going to work best for Oklahoma City. And some of the recommended changes can even be done without a council vote while others, you know, will need to go to city council. And, you know, at that point, just like anything else that is brought to council, it would no longer be coming from 21CP. It would be coming from the city manager's office. And, you know, the council can ask questions. They could request amendments and also, you know, they can approve it or they can deny it. So what I think is important for people to know is just because city council yesterday voted to receive this report, it's not a guarantee that all of these changes are actually going to happen in Oklahoma City because with some of them, you know, it really is up to council and they could say no when the time comes. You just mentioned, you know, when the time comes, is time a factor here? I mean, how quickly should we expect to see changes at the police department? Each of these recommendations are categorized. They were categorized by 21CP under short, medium, and long term. So short term ones can supposedly be done in three to six months. Uh, Medium could be done in six months to a year. 
and then some could take more than a year. I think it's safe to say that there will be changes happening this year. I, I talked to the assistant city manager, Kenton Soodle, um, about this, and I tried to get him to tell me, you know, what specific things he thinks might happen first, but right now uh, the focus is they're going to start working right away to determine their action plan and I believe within that they'll create a timeline. So until then, I'm not sure what's going to happen first, but I do know, you know, things are going to happen soon. Some of the recommendations are things that the city is already working on. I know one of them is for the police department to be a lot more transparent with their data and sort of have um, this online dashboard where people can look at things like use of force incidents um, and other interactions with the police and also be able to download the raw data. Another recommendation that they've already got progress on is a uh, youth um, advisory board that can interact with the chief. They have already created the board and then there are just some other things that they want to do um, regarding how the board will work um, that they need to work on. So each one has different things that have already been done um, that still need to be done um, and there are some that have a lot of progress left to be to be made or maybe they haven't even started anything. For some of these, like it says in the report, could be more than a year. I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now, you know, some some change that's in this report is is being brought to the city council. Um, you just never know with all of the different um, barriers to implementation, but we'll see what happens. So, Jenna, one member of the city council, Bradley Carter, voted no to receiving the list of recommendations. What did he state was his reason for voting no? Yeah, so Councilman Carter, um, who represents Ward 1, after uh, the council heard from citizens, he, you know, began to talk and share some of his concerns about the report. This seems extremely lopsided to me. I don't think that we, we show any aspect of appreciation when we don't have a true fact-finding thing. We just want to make phone calls. If all we do is base stuff off of feelings, we're going to be misguided every single time. Follow the data, follow your science. Let's look at the facts. I'll stop with that. And from what he said, his biggest hesitation was based on something that was said at the beginning of 21CP's presentation on Tuesday, um, which was that the work 21CP did was focused on engaging with the community, you know, gathering their thoughts and experiences rather than analyzing departmental data. Like one of the examples they gave was they weren't looking at every use of force um, incidents and, and seeing what happened and what what was the result? 21CP did look into the department's um, policies and procedures, um, and a lot of the recommendations are based on, you know, them finding those to be lacking or, you know, even if the policies were good, they weren't really making a difference. Councilman Carter just, 
he kept talking about how, from his perspective, the report is, you know, based on feelings rather than fact. And um, and he just wanted it to be more concrete than that. He did clarify that he wasn't necessarily saying that any or all of the recommendations were things that he did or didn't support. He said he, you know, was sure some of them were good, but he didn't feel comfortable moving forward just based on how the report was created. So finally here, you reported that 21CP representative will stay on here in Oklahoma City to manage the implementation. Why is it significant that the group making the recommendations stays involved? Okay, so yeah, a little background on that. One of the 21CP recommendations was for the city to hire an implementation manager to oversee all of these recommendations. Um, essentially just to make sure that they get done and that it's not just extra work for the city manager's office. And it was, you know, pretty open-ended on how they could go about hiring that person, um, who it could be. And they decided to approach it by just extending their contract with 21CP. So it it's an increase of up to $200,000 to pay Ganesha Martin, um, who is an employee of 21CP, um, and she, you know, was really involved with the entire process. I think their biggest reason um, from my conversation with assistant city manager um, Kenton Sudel is that Ganesha was, um, you know, because she was such a big part of the work during the last year, um, she's really built this trust and relationship foundation with the city, with the police department, with other stakeholders, and with community members that they feel will, you know, transfer well and, and really benefit everyone um, during the implementation process. She also, you know, has years of experience in this area that might not be easy to replicate. She is a lawyer, and uh, according to her her biography on 21CP's website, she has overseen uh, reform efforts like this at places including the Baltimore Police Department, um, the Baltimore State's Attorney's Office, the uh, Governor's Office of Crime Control and Prevention, um, the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, and the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, along with smaller communities. Well, Jana, thank you so much for taking us through all of that. Um, This certainly was a big point of interest for a lot of people in our community. Uh, And to our listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.